Welcome to Good Together, where small daily steps allow us to create good in the world together. I'm your co-host, Laura Wittig, CEO and founder of Brightly.eco, a platform that empowers you to make a daily difference through shopping, learning, and connecting with other change makers around the world. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Laura Alexander Wittig, and welcome to the latest episode of Good Together. We already know that living ethically should be easier, which is why we started this podcast, but we also think that everything under the sun should be easier when it comes to making a difference in the world, such as back to school shopping. So that's actually what we're diving into on this week's episode. But before we get into it, I wanted to just say thank you so much to our audience for listening to our first few episodes and supporting us, Uh, whether that's been through sending us DMs on Instagram or participating in our Facebook group or even just sending us emails. Lisa and I have been absolutely floored by the response and are super excited to get things rolling. Um, If you haven't had a chance to listen to our first two episodes, I highly recommend it as we get into hot topics like fast fashion, um, and then later we actually get into how to reduce your waste through smart grocery shopping, which is a topic that I'm personally fascinated by. So just to recap, this podcast is brought to you by Brightly.eco. So go ahead and check out those first two episodes everywhere you're already listening to podcasts. So we're uh, excited to announce that we're now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere. Um, We would love it if you could give us a review on Apple Podcasts so other people can find out about Good Together. Um, Don't forget to go to podcast.brightly.eco where you're going to find show notes, resources, and even a link where you can actually call in and let us know what to cover on future episodes. So if you do that, we will actually include your question on future episodes. Um, Would love to have you try that out. It's something new that we kind of came up with. I also wanted to announce that we'll be doing our first live podcast recording at this event we're throwing on October 13th in San Francisco, which is where we're based. So we're calling it Good Together Live. It's going to be a half-day event on a Sunday where you can come and make some new friends who share your values. You can also listen to that podcast episode from Lisa and I and learn more ethical lifestyle tips from our two panels that are going to feature experts in ethical fashion, eco-friendly interior design, sustainability, etc. So tickets for that event are going on sale soon, and you're going to find a link and more information on podcast.brightly.eco. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at brightly.eco, or join our Facebook group, which is called Ethical Shopping and Lifestyle Collective, so just put that in the search bar, to join in on the conversation in real time. With that, let's get started. All right. We are on. So, awesome. How are you? This is you? so exciting. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I think this episode, we're talking about back to school shopping, and it was actually one that got brought up in our Facebook group. Yeah. People were really interested in 
learning more about how they can, you know, provide for their kids as they go back to school and do it in a way that sort of teaches them global citizenship. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, when we're talking about ethical shopping, it's obviously in general very important. But when we are talking about kids, you know, it becomes even way more important. Like um, I'm going to talk about the article about toxins in fashion and uh, in our garments. And, you know, like it's one thing uh, I'm wearing something that potentially has some chemicals and toxins in it. But like when a little kid wears it, it's a completely different issue. Absolutely. And I think it's something that is important to note that both you and I don't have children, (laughs) but we have friends that do and family members that do. And I think it's something that, you know, as we as a society want to move forward in our ethical lifestyles, need to really consider, um, you know, whether or not our children are having good examples to look up to. And also, um, you know, we want to make sure that their lifestyles are you know, being able to, they're being able to be as healthy as they can be, right? <laughs> exactly. And I actually also, I haven't realized how, I think probably because we don't have kids, I never realized how big this whole back to school shopping spree is. So that latest article from one of oh, our it's huge. writers, Elise Sigrun, yeah, she said, uh, Americans are expected, uh, American households are expected to spend $745 million over the next just few weeks, you know? Exactly. And I mean, so Lisa, I know um, you grew up overseas um, over, you know, growing up here, I actually grew up in the South. Um, It was a huge, huge deal to like, get ready with your mom, go out to the mall back in the day when everybody went to malls, right? Um, And pick out a few outfits and make sure that you had all your school supplies. And I even remember like as a kid thinking about uh, you know, the the fact that we were kind of were buying the same thing every year, especially in terms of school supplies. And I wondered why our teachers would require us to have new mm-hmm. folders. So like basically your teacher gives you a laundry list of things to bring to school, which, you know, there's problems there because oftentimes, you know, families can't afford all of these new things. So that's another, yeah. you know, another dimension to this. But even still, even if you can afford it, you kind of have to go out and rebuy a bunch of exactly. stuff you already had. And I remember my mom would try and make us reuse it. And, you know, when I was really young, I like didn't want to be like the kid that didn't have shiny new stuff. But like, as I got older, I totally saw what she meant. Yeah. And I mean, there's one crazy article. I actually, I think you might remember when I mentioned it, I read it last year, last August. And the article title is kids are hiring pricey personal stylists for their back to school shopping. And I tweeted when I first saw it, I'm like, Hey, onion, if you know onion is like satirical publication I'm like here's a great material for you because like it's i thought when i first saw it i thought it was a joke like personal style oh absolutely I, I, <laughs> it sounds like a joke i i remember when you tweeted that and i also thought it was from the onion i mean like how ridiculous is that yeah i mean it's i mean of course it's social pressures and you know kids don't know how to handle that and of course you want all the new things if your friends have that um but i think yeah it's up to us uh not us, but other parents, you know, their parents to teach them about that. It's actually okay. And it's very trendy and very nice to be, you know, uh, environmentally and socially responsible and not just buying new things all the time. And I think we are moving in the right direction right now. 
Exactly. You know, it's just about teaching habits. And I think, you know, this is something that we can all do, whether or not we have children, like just by setting good examples, teaching habits to to our friends and family can be can be useful, too. Um, but yeah, so I, I also was reading that article um, that Liz Segrin wrote about, um, you know, the toxins that actually get into the clothing that we're actually buying um, during the back to school period. So I know, Lisa, I know you did a deep dive there. So you want to like talk a little bit more about that? So yeah, Liz Sigrin, if you don't know, she, she writes for Fast Company and she always writes very nice, thoughtful and well-researched, very important pieces on ethical uh, fashion, ethical consumption, environmentalism, you know, benefit corporations and all the good things like that. So uh, yeah, she's yeah, awesome. So, <laughs> we exactly. love Liz. Her piece, like, she actually had two pieces on the back to school one, but one, the most alarming one that I mentioned is, uh, you know, the report that Green America and Unprofit um, did on 14 major brands that include J. Crew, Urban Outfitters, Forever 21. Some of these um, brands actually do uh, children's clothing. I think one of them is called the Children's Place and Carter's. Again, I don't know any of these brands since I don't have kids, but uh, Carter's. Yeah, those yeah, are big ones. Of course. <laughs> Carter's own Oshkosh and Hopskip. And these are kids, uh, kids brands. And basically, she, she, uh, this non-pro green, uh, green America, what they were trying to do, they were not even uh, digging too deep into like what exact chemicals each brands, you know, includes in their clothing or apparel or anything. Green America was simply looking at how brands are disclosing their policies, uh, you know, in their official documentation available to the public. And it's like the Green America representative was like, um, it's far from enough, but as you can see, not even many companies even disclose the policies, you know? So uh, so these brands, they don't even disclose the policies or some brands do a better job at it. And this is a whole different uh, question about, about what actually what actual chemicals they're using or they're banning and things like that. So this is just to tell you how far we are from, uh, you know, banning all chemicals and toxins from our fashion and garment pieces in general you know we're just asking exactly to disclose policy that it's that was a uh, crazy for me yeah i mean so what i took out of the article is similar to what you just talked about it's the fact that there's a lack of transparency in understanding what goes into the clothing supply chain this is something we talked a little bit about when we talked about fast fashion but i think this is going to continue to be a, um, I don't know, a trend or a recurring theme of some of our episodes, which is it can be really difficult to understand what's actually going on behind the scenes. So there's some various certifications that brands can pursue to try and, uh, you know, become more transparent, like fair trade. Um, there's also one that's called SA8000, which is like a factory specific certification um, that can be, you know, that can be utilized by brands. But at the end of the day, just because a brand says that they are, you know, being responsible or that they're being ethical, doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. Um, I think, Greenwashing is something that comes up pretty frequently. Um, I was just in Uniqlo the other day and, you know, just kind of browsing around because I had read that they were making strides. And at the checkout, I noticed there's a big sign that talked about um, using a reusable tote and like they had one to purchase. And while I thought that was nice, I also, you know, I worry a little bit about people going into stores, seeing like one little flyer, one little sign and being like, oh yeah, yeah like Uniqlo's, Uniqlo's great now. I mean, there, I actually was specifically in there because I had read this article about their um, sourcing process for goose feathers 
um, because they put that into their uh, their puffer jackets. So anyway, I don't want to talk about Uniqlo too long, but I, I think this brings up a point around transparency. And when we think about the clothing that we're wearing, and specifically clothing that's going on the backs of children, like we don't really think a lot about the chemicals that are sitting on our skin. And, you know, our skin is our biggest organ. So, like, we should probably think a little bit more about that, right? Absolutely. And uh, talking about Uniqlo, it's one of the biggest kind of offenders and uh, of the fashion industry. So, like, the fact that, you know, they're able to put just, like, clearly, like, green wa- greenwashing, like, statement that people believe uh, and, you know, get away with it, it's really sad. But anyways, let's not so spend too much time on them. But yeah, um, just wanted yeah. to talk about the, those chemicals, uh, scary chemicals. More than 8,000 chemicals are used throughout the textile making process, from pesticides and growing cotton to other fibers and, and bleaching and dyeing yarns. And um, if you remember uh, that there was an amazing documentary specifically about the denim production. It's called River Blue. Uh, we showcased it with other ethical oh, yes. brands in San Francisco a couple of years ago, actually. Yep. And you literally, uh, there's one crazy quote from that documentary. It's like, we can tell, uh, people living in China, they're like, we can tell what is the new uh, favorite color of this uh, fashion season by just looking at the rivers in China because, you know, there's so much pollution that the rivers, 70% of the rivers in, and, and lakes in China are polluted, contaminated by 2.5 billion gallons of wastewater. Um, I mean, what a visual, right? Like, can yeah, you imagine that? Just walking outside and, and yeah. seeing the river. Exactly. You can see the Oh, wow. Pollution. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I actually hadn't had a chance to see that documentary. I definitely will put that in the show notes. I think it's one that we should all check out. But I just remember being on the other side of it uh, when I was in the fashion industry and doing curation and like basically telling people what the hot thing was. I remember one year it was aubergine, you know, like eggplant color. So like I'm literally have this picture in my head of walking outside, looking the river and having it be like this like deep purple. Like that's mm-hmm. that's insane. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the thing is that also workers who are working in those factories are, you know, they are in first direct contact with these chemicals. And that goes part of the, you know, um, unhealthy, extremely unhealthy working conditions. Not even talking about people living on the banks of these rivers and lakes. Uh, anyways, yeah, I awful. think uh, we should probably switch to something more uh, fun uh, instead of just talking about toxins, which is, of course, the main message is like for parents, like, please check what actual materials you are used in your children's clothing and also, um, you know, see how the brands, check the brands that you're buying from, how transparent they are about these things. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Yeah, so you're right. Like, let's switch over to a few other things that people can do. Um, So I think one is uh, thrift shopping and, um, you know, sort of reusing clothing that's already there. And I think for some people, that sounds great, especially when they think about themselves, like they're on Poshmark and stuff. When you start to talk about kids, I think that becomes an even bigger issue because children grow quickly. um, And they're, you know, constantly cycling through different outfits. And so a few things that we wanted to highlight was one, um, brands that are doing, you know, making new pieces of clothing that are great, but also resources for people who are interested in thrifting. So one that I just came across um, through Female Founder Network was um, there's a new a newish website called Kids on 45th. Um, and what they do is they allow you to buy a box of thrifted children's clothing 
sight unseen. So basically you go on, you put your, uh, your child's sizing information in there. You say whether or not you want a few pairs of pants, shirts, et cetera. So you can customize it that way. Um, but then they just kind of, they curate a box and send it to you. And because you don't have to, because they don't have to maintain an infrastructure that like takes pictures of every item and like deals with that crazy high, uh, you know, staffing load, they're able to give you stuff really cheaply. So like $2.99 for a shirt, $3.99 for a pair of pants. And I don't know, I mean, like, I'm not, I don't get any affiliate revenue or anything like that. Like, obviously, I don't have kids myself, but I think it's a really interesting idea. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And and that's the main thing. Kids grow up fast. Um, another thrifting, obviously, just thrifting website in general, um, I think a lot of people are already familiar with it. It's cl- called ThreadUp. Um, i don't I think they do have kids clothing too, uh, but yeah, I mean it's much better than uh, buying a new piece every other month, you know. For sure. But also, um, yeah, thread up, right? But there also there's another thing that one of actually the brands that I know it's a small brand it's called Jackalo. It's a kids brand, and what they do is basically they offer you to to, to trade up uh, already used uh, pieces that your cre- uh, kids grow out of. And I know they're not the only. Oh, that's pieces. awesome! Yeah, they're not the only. So do they do they that. like give you credit uh, when you when you when you do that? Yes, uh, when your kid outgrow any jackal item, send it back to us in exchange for twenty percent discount on your next purchase. Yeah, that's awesome! I love that idea. Yeah. I love that idea. Um, another thing, um, and I think we'll, we'll get into more brands that, that sell new clothing in just a second, because our Facebook group uh, helped us do some research, which is awesome. Um, but the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, the the impact of having in-person swaps. Uh, and so I think we're actually going to do a whole episode about clothing swaps or and like how to throw a successful one in the near future, because that's something a few people have asked about. But I think this is so relevant for kids groups. So, I mean, oftentimes you have play groups, right? Like you're, you're with your children. They have friends, like everybody kind of congregates a little area. I remember my brother had like a particularly strong friend group all the way up till he graduated high school. Um, but one thing that I think would have been awesome to see at the time would have been for the moms to kind of coordinate and swap clothing. Now, granted, all the kids are probably not going to be the same size, but you're going to think they probably have about the same style that's happening. Who knows if they're using like one of those stylists, like you mentioned. <laughs> but, you know, I think it can be really fun. Like you could you could invite everybody over. The kids can play. Oh, yeah. Moms can swap. They can like, you know, have a little wine. Like I think that'd be like a really fun get together absolutely and you know what i always it's kind of makes me very surprised um is that this is actually not a new idea this is something i actually i grew up doing with in russia uh and even now like my russian friends here in the bay area they are always exchanging and swapping clothes with each other uh and i know it's It's such a good idea right yeah i mean before we used to uh, do it out of financial necessity or i mean just with a common sense i mean it sucks if you have can only wear a piece of clothing just for like a couple of months and then you you it's like really it feels really bad that you have to throw it away why not give it pass it on to like you know an, a younger uh a younger kid or like uh, exactly it's from your uh, your friend's kids um so yeah exactly. I'm, I'm glad we're coming back we're circling back to this you know natural way of doing things not over consuming not throwing stuff out but actually recycling prolonging the life of an apparel piece 
Yeah, exactly. And that's the kind of coming back to the idea that we always have around it takes a village to change the world. And I, I love to think about like how we used to have much more, you know, obviously like village uh, focused societies where people would come together in very organic ways to do these things. And now, you know, with, I guess, suburban living and all sorts of different trends that have happened, people are not as close to each other anymore. And so both physically and literally. So I think this resurgence of community is really inspiring. Um, so before we get into brands that are doing new children's clothing, great, because we've got a big list of those, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, you know, the, the, the process of selecting new items to go with your kid to school. So mm-hmm. not clothes, but um, potentially like all the accessories that go with it. Um, and so, you know, one thing that I had always thought was a great idea was the concept of getting um, materials together that help your school lunches uh, be, happen in a really sustainable way. So like having a lunchbox and, and one that's easy to clean, um, maybe using some of those reusable silicon bags. So we talked a little bit about that in the last episode. Um, but, you know, trying to think through that. And so, Lisa, I don't know, like, do you have any like containers or like thermoses or anything that you use uh, in your daily life? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I did buy a few new containers, but I think one my favorite example that I wanted to share is actually a Tiffin. Uh, if, if people don't know what Tiffin is, it's basically a lunchbox that traditionally we uh, everyone in India uses to carry their lunches. You can literally see a lot of, uh, I just traveled to India, so like you can see uh, people, you know, who do food deliveries in India in these Tiffins. And some Sometimes they're actually stackable. They're, you know, different sizes, and they're made of stain from stainless steel, of course, not plastic. And um, they're yeah. actually gaining popularity. And you know, I don't know if you guys have them on Brightly, but at Globin, which is one of Brightly's brands, we have this fair trade, ethically made, artisanal, handmade um, tiffins, and they all have super fun designs and uh, drawings. Um, so I think that would be a really cool alternative to plastic boxes. Exactly. I love that. It's such a good idea. Um, And I I think that, you know, just the concept of being able to use something um, just over and over again is so, so exciting and so inspiring. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about was like school supplies. So obviously, like today, one of the things that I think is awesome that technology has given us is like the ability to cut down on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually, in my previous life, did some um, work with teachers and got to really help them. go through and use different programs to get more, uh, more classroom assignments online. Mm. So hopefully, you know, kids today don't have to use as much paper as they go to school. But if they do, you know, obviously, I think it makes sense for uh, people who are out there shopping to prioritize recycled paper, or, um, you know, materials that are, you know, being reused. So obviously, you think about there's a lot of plastic involved, like with with your pencil boxes, with your folders. So anything that offers that recycled capability, I think is great. So look for that. Um, Look for like the FSC certification um, on paper products that can also be super helpful. Yeah, I'm a, as you know, I'm a paper fan. I, you know, I always take my notes with my uh, pen and paper, but um, guilty. This is one my (laughs) guilty pleasure, you can say, but um, no, it's fine. No, I mean, actually, they did a study. Mm -hmm. Um, I like I'm a little half and half, like I'll do some some notes on Evernote, which is a program I love, but also um, 
you know, just analog notes, if you will. And like they did a study that said people who write their notes down like that um, have a better uh, propensity to remember oh, yeah. what they yes, wrote down. I, so don't worry. You're, it means you're a genius. Yeah. Like just, yeah. you know, and I'm like half a genius. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> uh, well, talking about paper. Um, so um, paper and pens, right? So one of them uh, suggestions and that Liz had the first one is actually refillable pens. Uh, and the, uh, the example she gave was kind of like, I see one 55 for a rollable uh, pan, but it's like it's made very from very sustainable materials. I, I don't, and she's like, make sure that your kids don't lose the pan. Yeah, 55. yeah, that's like that's not that's not yeah, gonna happen. Exactly. <laughs> kids lose stuff all the time. But weren't you talking about you? You found it like a more. Didn't you find like a better alternative yeah, the other day? Yeah, it's seven year pens. My colleague actually, knowing that I write so much, she gave me as a uh, my birthday gift um, this seven year pen that uh, literally just you know supposedly lasts for seven years. I think the brand is called Zelter. Zelter goods and uh yeah they have all kind of fun ones here i'm just on their website and these ones are only nine dollars uh so yeah the kids yeah, so the much kids better love it it's stay i mean i'm not sure like exactly what it's made of but at least i'm not gonna go through like 10 pence per month you know yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we should probably get into recommended brands now. One thing that I also want to throw out was just a few more tips on how to be a bit more um, ethical during just the overall school seasons. Like one is obviously carpooling oh, yeah. um, and coming up with ways to share rides. Uh, and I think most of the time people seem to do a pretty good job with this. Like the one thing that's awesome when you're in school is oftentimes your local community will have like a bus system for you to use. Like I grew up going on the bus, like most people do. So I think that's mm-hmm. important. Um, I think I've actually heard there's a few different apps in development. I can't think of names off the top of my head, but we can link to some in the show notes of uh, apps where they're trying to do like uh, carpools up for parents. Um, so I think that's, oh, that's yeah, one that's yeah, really I've interesting. Heard of those apps a while ago. Well, even uh, the Google bought that, that brand, I forgot. Waze. Waze has the, I think, carpooling function now. Yeah, Waze. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I have to check it out. out. Yeah, save time and money. Yeah, um, allow, allows allows up to five Wazers to share a ride. Wait, yeah, so that's the one. And I know my friend actually tried it. So I think uh, a lot of people are using it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, I, I think there's ones that are like specifically focused on parents too. So yeah, like happy to do a little bit of research for you guys and throw those in the show notes. Um, you know, the other thing, you know, obviously is like making sure when, um, when your kids are interacting with their friends, with their teachers, just like making sure that they have responsible things that they can talk about related to if your family's interested in living ethically. So, you know, whether or not you guys are doing meatless Mondays and like letting your kid know a little bit about why you're doing meatless Mondays. Um, and just in my mind, just like, making sure that your kid has positive, actionable ways for people to make a difference. Like I know we we harp on that a lot here, but I think one thing that um, I read recently was that there's a lot of people out there that are experiencing what they call eco-anxiety. So people are becoming more and more anxious about the climate um, and about the world that we live in. And this is actually not um, just for adults. There's actually a girl who's, she just turned 16 um, and she has been invited to the UN um, invited. Oh, yeah, no, yeah you know who I'm about. talking about. I'm. Um, I forget her name. Don't um, her yeah, name. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll link to her. Uh, yeah, I think she's from Scandinavia. She is. Or... She is. Yeah. Um, she is. And so, yeah, I can't. I can't call her name right off the top of my head either. But again, we'll put her in the show notes. Um, but yeah, she she's she's become known for advocating oh, no, for quick action. It's Greta Thunberg. 
Greta. Okay, Greta. Hero Greta. climate change warrior. Yeah, Greta. Awesome. Um, and yeah, then, and I mean, so she's so young. Malala, which... you know, Malala is such a huge example. Um, of course. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I, I think expecting your kid to be on that level is a lot, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, like just like letting them know like that they are making a difference, I think can be really helpful. Uh, so it's something that I, I feel really passionately about and I know our, our listeners do too. Okay. So we only have a few minutes left. Um, before we sign off, I'm going to just quickly run through a Facebook thread that we had on our Facebook group, which is called the Ethical Shopping and Lifestyle Collective. Please check us out. Um, so people started to throw in their advice and their recommendations for brands. So one was packed organic. Um, I've oh, not used them before, that. but you, I think you love. do. Yeah, I have everything. I mean, it's like basics: uh, undies, uh, tanks, t-shirts, hoodies, pants. I think I'm wearing one of their pants now. Um, it's awesome. That's it's, awesome. It's very affordable. So um, check them out for sure. Yep. Um, another one is Primary. So Primary.com. They use sustainable fabrics. I've um, actually bought a few of their items for baby showers before. They're they're great. Um, we mentioned Kids on 45th, so the thrifting box. I think that's great. Um, other ones, quickly, Elegantes, Patagonia, uh, Garnet Hill is another one that came across. People said that they've got some great deals of the day, so they can be pricey. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think there's definitely, um, oh, United by Blue, that was another one. Um, I think there's definitely an opportunity for more brands to stand up and, and be, um, you know, better you know, have better supply chains and use um, less chemicals in their products for children. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's something that's definitely worth looking into. So we, like I said, we'll provide some links in the show notes. Um, but hopefully, I, you know, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this that has kids is laughing at me and Lisa, like, you know, whereas we don't have children. But I think overall, like, I mean, it's something that we feel really passionately about is, 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 making sure that we're educating future generations um, and making sure that they are healthy enough to, to get through things, right? So giving them a great quality of life um, and, and all of that. Um, but Lisa, I, I really enjoyed chatting with you today. Is there anything else, like any anything else burning off the top of your head you, you want to get across? No, I think, uh, yeah, I think you just, you nailed it. You know, uh, this is our future leaders. This is literally our future. And I just like, I like, where we are right now with the ethical consumption sustainability movement it really gives me hope for the future generation and you know uh we are imagining a world where you know um you know non-toxic apparel would would be a norm you know that's i hope exactly be the world that where our kids get to live exactly all right well thanks for the convo thank you Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation between Lisa and I, and that we inspired you to go out and create some change in the world today. As always, you can find us online at brightly.eco. So type that into your web browser. That handle is also good for us on Instagram and Facebook. So please join the conversations there. And finally, I wanted to give a thank you to our friends at Pod Pronto, who did the editing and gave us some consulting for this episode. So if you're interested in really fast, really awesome podcast editing, please check them out at podpronto.com.